Greetings, Star Wars fans, and welcome to Coruscant Radio Underground, the podcast presented by thesciencefictionary.com. With me tonight are Marisha and Daniel. Hello. All right. Just want to start off the, the episode this week by saying thank you to the large number of people that have followed us on Twitter this week. We had a, a big influx of new followers on Twitter, and so and I know some of them are listening, so Yay. Uh, let us know what you think. And you thank enabled. You for following. All right. So, uh, what's everybody been up to? Like, what's going on, uh, Daniel? You finally saw. Uh, you did finally see Shazam, right? I did not. Oh, you didn't. <sighs> no, uh, I had big plans. <laughs> you decided anyway, to sleep instead. I'm 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 way behind on uh geek stuff. Geek stuff. You have yeah. to take whenever you get done with this project. You'll have to uh, take a week and just do all the geek things. That's exactly right, yep. Yeah, we're going to talk Star Wars tonight, but right now my brain is, is totally focused in on uh, on Endgame. Yeah. Yep. I got uh, I got more excited about it tonight. <clears throat> yeah. Whenever they actually had the premiere, and now people are starting to tweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, no spoilers. Everybody's been real good about no spoilers. Yeah. You can <laughs> Nobody. Follow, follow most of your normal mm-hmm. people you would check with on Twitter and be pretty spoiler-free, but everybody is raving about it of course so it's just got me even more excited now yeah and and no one live streamed the first five minutes right on their phone <laughs> is that what mark no, ruffalo, ruffalo did ruffalo, yeah. <laughs> yep <clears throat> but yeah i actually uh saw lots of people you know on social media at the premiere it looks you know i mean it's pretty exciting it's it's definitely it's you know that the hype is definitely it is it's it's legit at this point mm-hmm. yeah although yep. we're going to baton rouge to see it but you ain't gonna be there no i am not <clears throat> y'all should come to savannah to see it though we got theaters yeah that's true i already had one other person trying to get us to come to orlando to see it so yeah all right well uh the big thing of course you know since daniel since daniel's been on was uh and we had Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which we followed. I don't know. How much were you able to follow any of it, Daniel? I mean, I know you saw the trailer the day it dropped and, you know, all that. But I, I know that I know on Friday we were here. And so we pretty much just, I was pretty much just sat and watched Celebration. Live streamed, yeah. Uh, right. But Saturday, or I guess Friday afternoon we left and we went to Lake Charles. So Saturday I was pretty much just following through Twitter best I could. Right. And that was kind of how I did it. I didn't really, uh, unfortunately, get to watch any of the panels. I still intend to watch the Mandalorian panel. I will admit I did watch all of the bootlegged, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. off-the-screen featurettes <laughs> and right. the, first seven, the first seven minutes of footage and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I really enjoyed that part of it. I do want to watch the whole panel. Yeah, definitely um, check out that panel. That was uh... That was one of my favorite panels. It was a really good panel. You know, listening to those two, we, we talked about it a little bit. Listening to Filoni and Favreau talk about making Star Wars mm-hmm. is it's so much like listening to, to George and some of those guys that made the originals talk about making Star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, you know, and that's not a knock against anybody else that's making Star Wars stuff. It's just that those two are approaching it from a different angle than... Mm-hmm. A lot of the rest, they're really trying to go back and recapture in a lot of ways, not just in feeling, but like in look and doing a lot of the, mm-hmm. you know, practical effects, miniatures, things like that. Right. But, you know, just talking about making a model and then apparently all the ILM guys just like started showing up in meetings. Yeah. made them in the garage as one does right right yeah i mean that was the thing like a lot of the stuff that they made some of the ilm guys were building in their garages yeah that's, yeah, that's definitely going back to the old days right and i mean for those guys that had to have been a, that had to have been a big deal to have a chance mm-hmm. to go back and and do it the way ilm did oh, yeah it back in at the day its, at its founding mm-hmm. um but i mean we watched the episode nine panel live and honestly, I mean, it's it's always interesting to watch the, the actors and everything talk. But just the best thing about that panel was uh, Ian McDermott being on the stage at the end of at the end of that trailer. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. 
That was the best, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, when the lights came back on, because in the main room, they turned the lights off for the trailer. Right. And so when the lights came back up, Ian McDermott standing on stage. And uh, when they realized who was standing there, they all kind of lost it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was having a good time. The ironic thing about that is, is that in the coming couple of months and then after the movie drops, you will have people bitching about the fact that they brought back, they just recycled the original trilogy again. You will. There's people that are going to complain about that. Because of of how iconic it is and because it is Ian McDermott. People get excited about it right now, but you're going to have a group of them whine about bringing the Emperor back. I mean, I kind of was team not Emperor when we first talked about it. I was super down on the idea. But, I mean, whenever the lights came on and Ian McDermott was on the stage, was I like, boo, no. I was like, woo! Mm -hmm. I was super excited. My kids were also super excited, so that was fun. Everybody was excited. The kids flipped out. I was completely shocked. That was Mm -hmm. so not what I expected at the end of that trailer. I didn't either. And and I, I, I keep going back and forth on the merits of revealing that in the first trailer or maybe if they should have waited. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, kind of 50-50 on it. I right. like the impact you get and the excitement you build right off the bat by revealing it now. Right. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty big. Like, mm-hmm. it, it is, but I mean, the... Waited for the film or I don't know. I, I, I guess those are the reason I don't get paid to make those decisions. <laughs> I kind of wonder, though, like how like if that was the reveal that they chose to drop with the first trailer, what on earth are they planning for the actual movie? Well, it's one of those things is like we got to hear the laugh. Mm -hmm. We still don't know exactly what that means. Right. I mean, JJ has confirmed I mean, Palpatine really is. Oh, yeah. In the movie. Right. So. Yeah, Palpatine's definitely in the movie, but it's. But what on earth it, does that mean? Right, and how? And you know, what is his role? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm all for it just because of just the sheer momentum that they built by by dropping that. You know, right. there was still the people. You know, still kind of people that were still kind of down from eight, and then mm-hmm. the regardless of what we think about about solo i mean we all liked solo mm-hmm. but there were a lot of people that just didn't like the idea of it in the right, first place well there were a lot of people that still don't like it because they just didn't like the idea of the movie ever. right right and well, so it was not our first choice either but we all agree that is a good star wars movie right yeah yeah it absolutely fits it is a good film mm-hmm. that is a it is a really really solid sci-fi film and a yep. really good star wars film yeah right. and there, there's a pretty good you can't go on twitter right now without finding hashtag solo two yeah like true. Know, yeah the, a um, to get a right the guys over at star wars newsnet has started a, a hashtag campaign that's uh the resistance broadcast um their mm-hmm. podcast they started a movement right after solo came out to make solo two happen mm-hmm Right. And they pushed that real hard. And apparently, uh, uh, Eunice and uh, John Kasdan wow. man, uh, saw those shirts at Celebration uh-huh. and, and were very intrigued that there is actually a fan movement out there yep. to, right. to bring it back. And, um, and I think that I think that people that wore those shirts to Celebration really, like, the movement really kind of exploded over Celebration weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I mean, what what is Celebration designed to do but that, exactly that, to, you know, build sort excitement. of build excitement, build momentum? Because the people who are going to go to Celebration, they aren't just sci-fi fans. They're hardcore Star Wars fans. If you're going to buy a ticket to go to Star Wars Celebration. It's because you super love Star Wars specifically. And so it's it's probably your most, um, of all the cons I've ever been to, maybe your most positive environment. Most people aren't there to put things down. You're not going to see 
a panel on, you know, why only idiots like the MCU, like I've seen at some other cons, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Just the crappiest, just off the wall subject people come up with just to have something to do. Right. So that's, I mean, that's pretty cool that, that that kind of gained traction again over celebration, but that's why they do it. Right. But, you know, coming out with the two big things in that trailer, I mean, there's all sorts of cool imagery. There's enough imagery to keep us all talking until December, just in that teaser. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even need, I, I don't need anything else. Like, I'm, you know, I yeah. saw enough cool stuff in that to go, okay. Show me the movie. <laughs> but coming out of the gate with the reveal that the Emperor is back in some mm-hmm. capacity. And, and, the and the title. I was watching, uh, like, you know, they were asking the, the stars from episode nine just their thoughts on the trailer at some point, probably at Celebration. And John Boyega is like, and that title. I mean, what the heck is that supposed to mean, man? <laughs> it was like, and, and exactly that. Yeah, that's the question. The kids were all like, well, 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 what is that supposed to mean? What is Rise of Skywalker all about? It was like, yeah, that's that's the idea. All right. They're getting what they want out of it, I guess. I hate the title. <laughs> I hate it. There, there, are, there are others that feel the same as you, and you know that's actually like fairly common with star wars titles that's a that's Uh a tried and true tradition of star wars it it really is uh probably going at least with the prequels i don't i don't i mean everybody hated the prequel titles for all of them as soon as they were announced people were like what is this (laughs) but i will tell you though looking back on each and every one of them they all make sense right and i'm sure this one will well and it The the only prequel title that really bothers you or still kind of bothers me is Attack of the Clones, just because I mean it sounds like a '70s Roger Corman B movie. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, I think of all the Star Wars titles to date, that one probably. Well, and we do Attack of the Clones, except the clones are the good guys. Right. That. Thank all... you. Okay, being Thank you. like young when that came out, I was super confused. I was like, Attack of the Clones. So I was like expecting the clones to be like the villains and then they right. weren't. And it was yeah, like, Yeah, and well, the clones don't become the villain until act three of the next movie. Well, and the clones don't even show up until act three of that movie. Uh, I mean, you know, Rise of the Clones. A little earlier. Or I mean, well, we Birth start... of the Clones or something, but Attack of the Clones? Yeah. yeah. Now, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, seriously, did anybody really complain about Revenge of the Sith? Because that's an awesome title. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith's a good title. That's a good title. I mean, like, it definitely could have not worked. Like, you remember at some point, like, 2000 or so, or maybe the late 90s, there was Operation Desert Fox, and it was like, come on, you're just trying to, like, replicate the cool factor of Desert Storm. It's just not nearly so cool. I mean, Revenge of the Sith definitely could have fallen that direction if it had been just slightly less compelling. But, no, it's super cool. And I feel like Rise of Skywalker kind of follows the same kind of feel in a title as Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, Rise of Skywalker. I feel like it kind of fills out that that cycle. You know, it does. Did you see where somebody back in like 2013 predicted this title and the Emperor's return in one tweet? Really? No, that's unreal. Now, that was his prediction. It was basically his prediction for seven. Okay. Before they announced anything for seven mm-hmm. was he said, you know, the rise of Skywalker. And then he like subquoted, subtitled uh, Palpatine Returns. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I guess somebody's going to be actually, rise right. of Skywalker would have made sense then for episode seven if it would have been about Luke. You know what I mean? Like, right. We didn't... Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, I just don't, I think that for me, the implication of whatever that title, everything I can think of that that title might imply, I don't get excited about. You don't like. I don't get excited about the idea that Ray might be a Skywalker. Y'all already know my feelings on that. Yeah. I don't get excited about the idea that she starts a new order called called the Skywalker Order. Oh, I hate that. And I think that's. That that doesn't excite me. But I think that's probably the most likely meaning of the 
title. I don't See, know. I think I, I think that's the least likely of a lot of the theories I've heard. I, I think Ray's I, a Skywalker. I mean, um, for other reasons, Disney's not throwing away the the Jedi. No, they're not. Well, yeah, but also the thing about Ray being a Skywalker, which is the other most likely implication of that title, I think, is that Disney and Lucasfilm and JJ have said they're not retconning. Ryan Johnson's reveal. Okay, that's, that's not ex- that's not nobody. exactly what JJ well, said. No, he JJ said they found a way to it. honor. He said there's more. JJ said there's more to the story. Yeah, but they're not completely redconning it. Ben did not lie to her. He didn't say that. So, he, he he has not said that. The only thing JJ said is that we have found a way to honor what was said in the Last Jedi. And then in another interview, he said. There's more to the story. Okay, so here's my... Right. And I take that, the way I take that statement is I don't think there's going to be a full retcon of that moment in that film. Now, here's my question, though. So would you say whenever Darth Vader says, no, I am your father, did they retcon what Ben said in the first movie when he said that, what, Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father? Was that a retcon? It became a retcon in Return of the Jedi whenever Ben came back and explained it, that it was correct from a certain point of view. They used that whole certain point of view crap. When we all know the truth is, well, at this point, we all know the truth is, George didn't know Darth Vader was Luke's father. I don't care what George will say to this day. He did not know that when he wrote New Hope. <laughs> yeah. He did not. Well, did no, not. And, and we, we pretty I much know that because everybody else involved with making Empire Strikes Back was like, yeah, no. Knows that they decided during filming Empire Strikes Back to, to, make, add, to, to, to add that in there. Correct. Um, there were multiple drafts of that script that included Anakin's Force Ghost. Hmm. Interesting. So do you think we finally get Anakin's Forest Ghost in this movie? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I've got no clue. I can't even speculate on that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I still think we would have seen Anakin's Ghost at some point trying to talk to Ben. But last time I was on, we talked about the fact that maybe Kylo's connection to the dark side precludes him from being able to see. See Forest Ghosts. Huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't remember that conversation. Yeah, we had it. I don't remember if you were on that episode or not, but we definitely had that conversation. Well, um, it might have been just me, you, and David. Yeah, because yeah, there was, was there was one of those episodes. But, you know, so that's kind of my thought, is like if they decide to go back and be like, yeah, Kylo Ren was lying to you. I don't think, I think that would still be pretty well in keeping with the playing fast and loose with the truth that I mean, we've seen people do it in Star Wars anyway, even the good guys. It's an easy it's an easy out though. I mean Yeah. Yeah. So guy, we can make him a liar. That's not a big deal. But actually if you watch that scene, Kylo did not tell her her parents were nobody. Ray admitted it to herself. You already know who your parents were. And she's the one who says they were nobody. Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, yeah, but I'm I'm yeah. still I, I'm still not totally convinced they're not going to make some change to the parentage. I'm not saying she's a Skywalker, there, but you know, as he's already said, there's definitely more to the story, and you know, I have no idea what that means, but I know that J.J. Abrams will flat out lie in an interview. Flat out lie, yes. In case anyone's forgotten, Khan is totally not in the star. This coming. Star Trek movie. Khan is not the villain. The villain's name is John Harrison. Or is that the Beatles? No, it's John. It was John Harrison, right? I am pretty sure he said John Harrison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. The villain's name is John Harrison. Totally not Khan. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> I mean, nobody's ever going to believe anything he says well, in an interview after uh, that. When he ca- when he cast Benedict Cumberbatch, we all knew he was Khan. Perfect, but anyway, that's a whole nother, That's a that's a that's another podcast. <laughs> Sometime. So yeah, I mean, as far as the title, I have no idea what it means. I did ask on our Twitter earlier today, just what. Let's see. Let me pull up the question here. I asked the title "Rise," the Rise of Skywalker. Which Skywalker, if it refers to an individual, which Skywalker does it refer to? Hmm. 
And far and away, the answers were Ray. It is. If it refers to an individual, it refers to Ray. It may. I'm still not totally convinced that it's not Anakin. If we're bringing the Emperor back, then we're probably, almost certainly, going back into the prophecy of the Chosen One. Mm-hmm. If we're taking this step back, we're going to answer what this prophecy was all about. Once and for all, the definitive answer of who is the Chosen One and what does that mean. Right. So I don't know how deep into... Well, the, the question's always been whether or not you can actually say that Anakin fulfilled the prophecy. Right. Well, if you go into the Clone Wars, he, he refused to. When it came time for him to fulfill the prophecy, he said no. So I'm not real sure because th- th- that's the whole thing is this really has to, I feel like it has to answer the question of what did the prophecy actually mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And who is the chosen one was because also in clone war and rebels, Obi-Wan says that Luke, Luke is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Correct. So was the torch passed when Anakin refused it? Uh, will it be passed again? You know, if, you know, I don't know. I, that's the whole, that's the thing about this title is there's so many ins and outs mm-hmm. of what this could actually mean. Yeah. Um, I don't know how deep into the mystical lore of the Force They're they, will, go in a movie. they will go in a movie. Mm-hmm. Because it would confuse the hell out of people that never watched the Clone Wars and Rebels. Right. Because if you're not familiar with the Mortis arc in Clone Wars... Mm-hmm. Which on. is my favorite arc. Like, if you haven't seen Mortis or the Rebels follow-up to the Mortis arc... Right. Then did you ever watch that, Daniel? The kind of uh, the the Mort- the the Mortis arc in uh, Clone Wars is my favorite part of that show. That was yeah. my favorite. Yeah, the the Mortis arc story. for me, the Mortis arc and Yoda's arc mm-hmm. at the end of Clone Wars. Yeah, I mean, those two arcs like take the deepest dive into weird. And, well, into the the mystical side of the Force. Right. Of anything. Mm-hmm. Until, Which is the kind of stuff I get into. So. Right. And then Rebels did the same thing towards the end of Rebels in that last yeah. season. Towards the end of Rebels. The last, the last season, really the last couple of episodes were mm-hmm. very... Um, very mystical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got back into a lot of that, the, the Mortis, the right. stuff from Mortis. Because right. if you hadn't seen Mortis, you had no idea what was going on. No. So I really question how deep into... You know, from Filoni's, well, I mean, that was Lucas, too. Yeah. Uh, writing that yeah. stuff in Clone Wars. So when you look at that, like, this is what, I mean, that was the best explanation we ever got of what the prophecy was. Right. So I, I have no idea what the what the title means. Yeah. Whenever I think. We, we all discussed for years, how does what happened in the original trilogy fulfill the prophecy at all? Exactly. Like, we had those discussions. Right. Trying to trying to make it all make sense. So And, and it, it never really I mean, I remember after watching episode one, they're like, you know, the chosen one and it was like, Okay, now we all know this is tiny little Darth Vader here. And I mm-hmm. remember wondering all the way back then, I mean, and I was young, I was like twelve, only like limited reasoning capacity at that point. And even at that point I was like, Well, that doesn't really make sense. I mean clearly he's special, but no, and I, what on earth has he I, chosen I, to do? I think George's intent was that Anakin killing the Emperor would fulfill the prophecy, but it's the way he chose to word it that he would bring balance to the Force. Well, wait a minute. Right. If there's only a light side or a dark side, how is there balance? Like, we always kind of question that. Right. It didn't make any sense. Well, my now my take on that is that as far as balance is that there is always darkness. Darkness is inescapable really because darkness is, is the worst impulses that sentient beings have and, and that it's the job of the light to combat that basically. Mm-hmm. But of yeah. course now how does Anakin Skywalker help that? That I could never well, see. Now that, that idea is backed up in rebels in the last season of, of rebels. Mm-hmm. When Canaan tells Ezra, we were meant to be here 
in this time of darkness, mm-hmm. we are the balance. It, that doesn't answer anything. It just adds another layer right. to to that whole. I mean, you know, I hear a lot of people talk like, you know, we need to make sure that we have the dark so that we can have the balance. It's like you don't have to generate the dark. The dark pe- people do the dark themselves. People pull out the dark. People generate the dark without any efforts to create a, you know, dark side of the balance. Yeah, yeah but there's there's good and light in everyday ordinary people too by the same token. So Yeah, it's true. But dark the dark in inherently seeks power. Evil wants to dominate. You know, so it's it's that domination. It's not just you know, people doing personal bad things. It's that that obsession with domination and ruling and... Yeah, and as far as, you know, kind of wrapping up on talking about the, the title here, because, I mean, we could go on and on about theories on just the yeah, title. We, we kind of went down the rabbit hole there for a minute. <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, honestly, we could probably sit here for two or three hours and just talk about what that title means. Mm-hmm. All uh, the implications yeah. of... And, and really kind of... Th- for me, whenever I hear Skywalker, my first thought always goes to Anakin. And mine goes to Luke. And, and see, I always think of, of of Luke, you know, when the Emperor's talking to Vader and he tells him uh, the son of Skywalker cannot be allowed to become a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it may be that we have now have so much of a time period between the prequels, Clone War, and then Clone Wars where... Anakin is just referred to as Skywalker. Mm-hmm. That maybe it's just by sheer volume that mm-hmm. that's where my brain right. goes. Right. Because Luke is more often addressed by other people as Luke. He's not as often just referred to as Skywalker. Right. So right. And he is some, but not not as much. I don't know. So the, yeah. title, the title's very interesting. It's doing exactly what it was meant to do. Mm-hmm. It's why we just spent almost 40 minutes just talking about implications of that the title. title which i don't like i'll see the movie and i'll say yeah it makes sense and i like it but i don't <laughs> like it because i don't like what any of the implications of that title could mean that can pop up in my head maybe right. they'll come up with something completely different i haven't thought of and i like it yeah but, that's the thing is i don't think it's going to be a lot of those things a lot of those early theories are the obvious mm-hmm and I really don't think that's where this is going. Right. I, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a mystical element. And and maybe a little this. more subtlety to it than the first thing that pops into everyone's head as soon as they watch the first trailer. Yeah. I, th- this could mean a lot of different things, and, and it could involve a lot of different people. Because the one person we haven't talked about at all in this conversation, actually, we haven't even talked about the possibility that it could be Ben Solo. Mm-hmm. It could be Leia. Yeah, that's true. Now, I don't necessarily like that because I don't think Kylo's being, I don't think Kylo's getting his redemption arc. Yeah. Absolutely not. And I, and I really, we've talked about this. I think this was just me and Marisha talked about this, but in a lot of ways, Leia made a conscious decision. Once she knew who her father was, she remained Leia Organa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could have been Leia Skywalker if she wanted to be. She could have assumed that identity, but and, she didn't. And so I kind of tend to to remove those two from the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I don't. they're not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, yeah. you have five characters mm-hmm. that can all fill the role. Or potentially even somebody that we just haven't even seen yet. I think that's the most unlikely possibility is introducing somebody oh yeah i think i think so but i mean it is still it's still an option all right so for the rest of this episode i really just kind of wanted to take a dive into the rest of the trailer the the trailer and i mean we'll kind of may walk back through some of those same things but for everything else for all the questions that it leaves it's a beautiful trailer they didn't waste they didn't waste a shot Mm -hmm. in this whole trailer every and didn't tell us a damn thing <laughs> not no not they, a darn they thing didn't. except that the emperor's back and we're visiting the wreckage of one of the death stars right yep that's it so kind of we open up we open up very similar uh sevens trailer opens up kind of in this big 
expansive wide view mm-hmm. uh, of a desert and you know the heavy breathing and all that and it's you know finn pops on the screen right the last jedi trailer kind of the same thing it starts off with the heavy breathing and then we see ray on acto mm-hmm. you know when she cracks the 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 stone we don't right. see it in that trailer but it's when she cracks the the rock mm-hmm. so you know some parallels between all the trailers where they've all opened up with that and then with narration mm-hmm. which the narration goes back to the old trailers right luke's narration in this is is interesting and it's you know he, he says we've taught you all we know and i hope that means that someone else is involved in the we in you know that it's not just we as in i've passed on the knowledge of the jedi collectively because right. i think we've well, all talked about wanting to see I, I mean, I, I'd like to see Obi-Wan or Anakin or Yoda or someone else involved there, but it may just be a collective, yeah. this knowledge was passed on to me and now I've passed it all on to you. Yeah. So it's the, the, the we uh, is just the collective knowledge of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's basically, he's giving her the speech, the Yoda speech when I'm gone, mm-hmm. you know, the last of the Jedi you will be. So you were kind of getting that, you know, we still don't know. There's still a lot of stuff hanging, a lot of weird rumors about how Luke's going to appear in this movie and whether he's actually dead or alive or I still think he's dead. I think he's going to be a force ghost, but at this point, at this point, I'm not going to be shocked. However he shows up. However he shows up. Um, Although I think it is also worth saying that the narration at the beginning of the first trailer, you remember the trailer for uh, Force Awakens? Mm-hmm. That turned out to be a direction they didn't even go in the movie. You know, they didn't go in that movie because they never got to the point where she met Luke in that movie. We don't even really have a place for that narration. We can only assume that it was something that was meant for eight yeah, and, and didn't happen. And that... I still say that that narration in... which which By which we're referring to... Um, the force is strong in my family. My father had it. My right. sister has it. I have it. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole spiel. You know, that whole spiel really, I still think, tended towards her being a Skywalker. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to go back to that. I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to play this, but everybody just about thought that that meant she was a Skywalker. Right. Simon Pegg all but confirmed it. Right. And so so we had you know, that going on with, with episode seven, mm-hmm. where we had that narration that now just you, you hear it and you go, what is, what does that mean? Because yeah. it, they didn't follow through on it in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And then after the movie came out and people were going, who are Ray's parents? And Daisley Ridley said, she was shocked that people were asking, said, I, right. I thought it was really obvious. So right. apparently something got left on the cutting room floor. for seven they didn't use, too, though. I think that's exactly, I think something got left on the cutting room floor. Well, we know a lot of stuff did, apparently, because that's what they're using to fill in Leia's footage. That's true. There's also, Andrew pulled up the trailer for episode one the other day. Ha- have you watched that in the past decade or so, or two? I, I tried not to. <laughs> Well, they did. They did do some some cool stuff with bookending the the story through the the trailers, where that one opens up with the every same line. Every beginning. every generation has a legend, has mm-hmm. its legend. What what it, what was it in that? Every one? saga has a beginning. Yeah, every saga has a beginning. This one had the saga comes to an end. So they they really like when you watch them side by side. They really took some effort to to bookend those mm-hmm. for whatever use that is i mean right. it's but it's still neat but you know kind of jumping back in here we get this you know this beautiful shot here at the opening of this trailer of ray standing in this desert we have no idea still which desert this is i um, think i do what i think i have an idea what's your theory i think it's jetta you think it's jetta and we've talked before about thinking she went back to jetta and that also makes sense if you if you take that part of Luke's narration about that we've taught you all we know, mm-hmm. a thousand generations now live through you, 
Mm-hmm. Who's to say she didn't find Jedi records on Jedi that she's been using to educate herself about the Force and about the Jedi Order with the, the help of Luke mm-hmm. in some way. Right. And that's, that's what that narration alludes to. I'm still going to That's actually what I think is going on there. Yeah. I actually want it to be Jakku. I mean, I want it to be Jedi, rather. Um, I'm not totally sure. There are some things about a scene we see a little further in with Ray, Poe, and... um, Not Ray, Poe, and Finn. uh, Finn, Poe, and Mm C-3PO. Actually, on a a skiff. Mm Mm-hmm. These skiffs look an awful lot like the ones we see. In Return of the Jedi? Well, no, they Return really the look. Well, yeah, Return of the Jedi and uh, A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of make me but go. Just the, the rock formations make me think of Jedi. The rock formations definitely scream Jedi. Because Hopefully we didn't we... really get a lot of the rocks like we're seeing in this. The kind of the, not just rocks, but I mean, just mountains. Mm-hmm. Now we see yeah. some of that in the pod race. In yeah, Phantom Menace, that's true, mm-hmm. but but not like this. So it's not the same. That there are rock formations on Tatooine, but they don't look like that. That yeah. looks more like Jeddah to me, right? And hopefully, we're not pulling out yet another desert planet. I mean, come on, how many desert no, planets are you going to pull out? One song? They're not gonna. It's this is going to be one of the three that we've seen before. Yeah, I mean, we could always go back to Jakku. Yeah, even though it's a uh, and what, we've garbage seen, dump. Is that what they call it? Kind of, yeah. We, we've seen very little of Jakku, so we don't really know what it looks like overall. And there are certainly some reasons, if you go into Chuck Wendig's Aftermath trilogy and how that wraps up the kind of the end of the Empire and the birth of the First Order. Right. There are some reasons why they could end up there. But I, I'm really, I think the most intriguing is to go back to Jeddah. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, th- I think we, yeah, and I think we closed the door on Jakku in the last movie. She's never going back. She's got no reason to go back. Yeah. I kind of hope she doesn't go back. So we open up on this shot that we don't, you know, like I said, you know, we're still wondering exactly what planet this is. Mysterious desert planet. Um. The first shot we get of her belt, she is carrying the Skywalker lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Where's the green? For God's sake, <laughs> why didn't I get to see Luke ignite the freaking green lightsaber? Yeah. I would I, be disappointed that to the day I die. I wanted the green back. Where is the green? I at least want an explanation as to what happened to that darn lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like, like to was, see him give us something on that in this movie. If not, I, I want a book, like solely dedicated to where is the lightsaber? Yeah, whatever legend Luke built around himself, he built with that lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. It is important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's Luke's lightsaber. This is Anakin's. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke had this lightsaber for a relatively short period of time. Right. Compared to how long he carried that green. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Is yeah. that the one that he ignited um, whenever he thought there about killing Ben Solo? Yeah, that the, was the green saber. The one he ignited whenever he, yes, when he was tempted about Ben, but just for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... Maybe anyway, he threw it over the side of a cliff, too. Get back into my issues about episode eight, which I do like, by the way, okay? I'm not an episode eight hater. I have issues with Luke's characterization, but we're not getting back into that. It's an old subject. Let's can keep talking about episode nine. So I'm sorry. Okay, so we, we get a look. I mean, so the, the lightsaber is rebuilt. And when she ignites it, it's normal. A lot of people speculated that, well, a lot of people thought when it was ripped in half that the crystal, crystal was part. ripped in half. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people assumed that if she did rebuild it, that it was going to be a fractured crystal like Kylo's. That's why Kylo's saber has that real rough, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of that crackle in it. And it's not. So the other theory was that there are two, there are two crystals in a lightsaber. I'm going to get real nerdy here for a minute, but Mm -hmm. there are two crystals in the lightsaber. Mm -hmm. One powers it and one is the focusing crystal. And so the idea was that what we saw when they broke it in half was uh, both crystals, not one broken half. Okay. Whatever it was, the crystal has 
obviously the the lightsaber's obviously been repaired. I, I've seen some people talk about whether or not it actually appears to be a little bit shorter. And I'm looking at it here, and I kind of think that it may be. Well, the prop may have been changed slightly to fit Daisy better too, though. That yeah, I mean that that's they a possibility. Don't really, they don't. Yeah, they don't really expect you to notice. They don't want to be part of the lore. It's just a well that practical... that hilt that hilt is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the, the actual the original models are are very large. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at it when when Luke picks it up that first time, and it, it even looks really big in that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you know Luke's looking down the barrel of the yeah. lightsaber, <laughs> the most dangerous yeah. weapon if, in the galaxy. If it's a different size, design. it's probably just for practicality purposes for. Uh, to, to fit Daisy's hand better or something, and they yeah. don't really expect you to notice. They ought to. So. All right, so the next step of this shot, I mean, you know, early on, you kind of hear the TIE fighter in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, we get this, we get the TIE silencer streaking across the desert towards her. So cool sounding. I like TIE And then fighters. we get the absolutely incredible shot. You know, that opening shot of her jumping over mm-hmm. the TIE silencer is just... Yeah. The moment everybody, you know, watching the live stream, I mean, everybody gasped. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's a really cool shot. Mm-hmm. The question is, is there's something in that, sh- there's something going on there that they're not showing us. Right. Mm-hmm. We see what we assume is Kylo Ren piloting the silencer. Right. Um, you know, if you want to hear some weird theories on that, listen to the the Padawan Report episode of yes. this show. And you'll hear some very, very strange theories theories on those gloves. Yes. <laughs> but there's no reason to assume that it's anybody other than Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. But my question is, if it is Kylo, like, what is going on in this scene? Mm-hmm. Like, why doesn't he, he just shoot? zooming up behind her. You know, I've heard all the theories on it's a training scene and Kylo is training uh, Ray. And I, I think that one's just nuts. I don't. Yeah, we you talked know, about. I don't that want to bash anybody's week. theory, but I mean, it's like if you're training, you've got some rapport. Well, I mean, we there's, didn't leave very good rapport at the end of the last movie, right? There's, I don't see how they can possibly get back to the point in this film with one film left. I don't see how they can get to a stage where Kylo is training Ray, mm-hmm. because because and we said you know like I said last week, Ray literally. Closed the door right. on Kylo Ren. I don't see how they could possibly get to a point in one movie where he's training her. Yeah. Uh-uh. And especially if that one movie is the end of this story. But that that opens up a whole other series of questions. One, I, the other reason I don't think it's a training exercise because, I mean, what is this? We're training, and if you mess up, you're just a bug on the windshield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that whole thing's kind of odd. I just think that would be a really odd choice. That's. But again, why doesn't he shoot her if he knows who she is? Or, right. You know. Well, the whole thing really begs the question of: Is this real? Right. Or is this some sort of vision again? Mm-hmm. I don't. There's not enough context there. I mean, it's like. Yeah. It's a ten-second shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we don't know. I mean, we don't know if this occurs. This could be the opening scene in the movie, for all we know. Right. Right. We don't know if this occurs right at the beginning of the movie. We don't know if this is third act. I really yeah. suspect that it's from early on in the movie. I'd be a little surprised if we saw anything from past the halfway mark, honestly. Well, I mean, I think that shot of the Death Star is probably towards the end, but I think that, that may- that's a third act shot. Yeah. I think. That's yeah. true. But I'm like you. I think that I think I think the shot we're talking about, the opening shot of this trailer, is pretty early in the film. Because I can sort of see her maybe starting out on Jeddah, mm-hmm. and then they have to go what I'm assuming is either uh, Yavin 4 or Indoor. Yeah, we talked about it last week. I really, I, I really think it has to be Indoor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that makes sense. We bring the Emperor back. That's the Death Star the Emperor died on. Right. Well, right. the, the thing that we talked about last week. I mean, the Emperor, as far as we know, he was never on the first one at any point. Right. Right. So, but we did early on when they when they first started filming this thing, we talked about them using the sets that they use for the Masani temples, like we thought mm-hmm. they were going back to the Avon. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, so, and I still, I mean, we've still gotten some some talk, some some rumors about location, some of the things they've shot at Black Park where they're shooting in a forest. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that I, I think know, maybe we go to Yavin and we go to. I, I think we're going Andor. on this. I think we're going on a journey back through the the original, the original trilogy, trilogy. Mm-hmm. and so I, I'm not going to be surprised. You know, any of these places they end up. I mm-hmm. I, I really think that that. The planet that we see fits the description of at least planets as far as we know them. I don't know how much in the new canon they've really gone back into describing some of these planets. Right. But what we see in that shot, and we're not even to that shot yet, but what we see in that shot looks like indoor. Um, Especially if you think about some of the, you know, in the original, in Return of the Jedi, we only saw the the woods we only saw the forest that the Ewoks live in right but there were a couple of movies in the 80s <laughs> that expanded on the forest moon of Endor mm-hmm. right with the big you know we had all those shots remember the horses that we had pictures of that had oh, the yeah, things yeah. draped over them and had the points on their faces the for yeah uh, doing digital work on, on yeah. their on mm-hmm. their faces. I'm, I'm almost certain now that those are the grass, those are the plains of Endor. Okay. Because in those Ewok movies, we saw a lot of stuff where they were traveling across open plains. Now the ocean would be something new. I mean, Endor had some water, but not just, you know, it was a, it wasn't a lot of water on, on that moon, but I still remain pretty convinced that we're looking at Endor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably so. Um, which makes you wonder what I'm sort of creatures that. they'll uh, bring back into play there. Um, I don't think they'll do Ewoks, but they have been in some of the comics, have been slowly reinserting some of the creatures from Endor back into back into. You, you got it. Mm-hmm. You got to admit, it would be cool to see Warwick Davis back oh, yeah. in the Wicket suit. Oh, yeah. I mean, have old man Wicket lead them to the wreckage of the Death Star. Huh. Be that could cool. be pretty fun. So... I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, eight-year-old me would be super, super. They stuck. always find a way to incorporate Wicket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not Wicket. They always find Warwick a way Davis. to incorporate Warwick Davis. Mm-hmm. What better way to incorporate Warwick Davis than to return him to his original if role? Come back, yeah. yeah, let him come back to his original role in the saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be pretty That'd cool be awesome. to bring him back to the character that he played last when he was ten years old. Yeah. Well, actually, did he? I guess he played Wicket in the. Uh, did he play Wicket in the Ewok movies? I have no idea. I don't know if he did or not. I Google I feel embarrassed to not know, to be honest with you. <laughs> it seems like the sort of thing that a Daniel would honest. know. All right. So moving forward, the next shot, you know, the, the whole shot of her jumping over that thing is just incredible. The next shot is actually the shot I sent you an image of in the chat. Mm-hmm. You know, I know why. Go ahead and ask the question. Well, I mean, it, it we have to look into why this ship and it may just be an a-wing because i thought i saw this ship later in into the uh trailer i thought there was a shot of this ship blowing up but i'm but i'm like 90 percent sure that other one's an a-wing i'm pretty sure this one this is an a-wing okay i mean i don't i don't doubt you it's it's very it has some striking similarities to the ship from from episode seven but i do I do admit it could just as easily be an A-Wing. And no, I think it's just an A-Wing. This planet, I have absolutely no idea what this is that Spot we're looking this. at. Do what? Hopefully it's something new, to be honest with you. I like visiting the new planets. Well, part of me is really looking at it and thinks it may be Black Spire Outpost, which is, is Galaxy's Edge yeah. at Disney. Oh yeah, when they we did saw... say they were going to use that. Uh... Well, there was, yeah, there were some early rumors that they were going to go to... To Black Spire. Well, and Black Spire got name dropped in Solo. And it, mm-hmm. it would also feature prominently in the the second Thrawn book. Okay. Like that pretty much he said Disney was like, oh, and you need to use this planet. Here's a description. Right. Well, what we know about that from the way they've laid out the park at Disney is there's a, it's basically a city set down into the mountains. And if you look at that picture, you can see the, you know, the ring. You see this big spire, you know, this big, uh, big mountain back here in the background. So mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of that until I was just sitting here looking at it, that this could be Black Spire Outpost. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're building Dagum 
Black Spire Outpost at the Disney parks. So if they can put it in a saga movie, if it works, like for the purposes of the story, you can bet they're going to do it because right. Disney. Well, I always wondered if they would though, because the the what they're telling us right now about Black Spire Outpost about Galaxy's Edge is that the story that they're setting up to that you're dropping into mm-hmm. is canon. Okay. So, so they I may always not want wondered to if they would it. tie it to a movie and risk stepping on anything. We want to do later. one of them stepping on the other in any way. Yeah. Uh, who knows if they just show up. I mean, we don't even know, even if this is somebody going to black spire, we don't know who this is. Maybe they're going looking for Lando. Yeah. And it seems like a place you might find Lando. Lando. Yeah, for sure. So. Oh, and, um, my Google search has come back for the benefit of anyone who cares. Warwick Davis did not portray Wicket and Caravan of Courage or the Battle for Endor. Okay. It was portrayed by Daryl Henriks. Henrik, but okay. not not Warwick Davis. There's the answer to the super, super important query. Um, and next we've got this this shot of Kylo Ren in what looks like the Black Park location in England. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's fighting some black cloak individual. There's been some theory that that's a, it's a resistance fighter. I still think it looks like it could be one of the Knights of Ren. Hmm. I'm not real sure. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a beautiful shot. It really is. Lots of red and anger. Yeah. Very dark side shot. And then, of course, the next shot after that. I mean, we've got our two Kylo shots back to back here. We got him. Throwing down with somebody. Right. And then we got this shot of them. Yeah. Them putting the mask back together. Mm -hmm. Because JJ never wanted him to destroy the mask in the first place. Right. Like the mask had meaning to him. Right. I don't know why Last Jedi even. But there's a reason behind that mask. I think that mask plays a part. In the story J.J. wanted to tell. So it makes sense to me that he had him repair it. Right. Yeah, I don't think that's accidental that they're repairing that mask so pointedly. It's like, okay, and here's the part where we course correct maybe a little bit. At least as far as he's concerned, you know, maybe not as far as everyone at, at large is concerned. But I imagine for him, for the purposes of him telling this story, you know, I imagine you have to course correct a little bit. From yeah. somebody else telling a completely own story. Well, it's a it's an interesting shot too because I don't know I from what I can see I don't think it's Kylo that's putting the mask back together. I wouldn't think so. I mean, he's got minions for stuff like that, right? Yeah, but I mean, you're still talking about somebody who supposedly you know, built his own lightsaber and probably constructed this mask originally at some point. I, so. I don't know, but it's uh, the costume that the character that's putting it together, the cuffs on it are like furry. It almost looks like a, like the, when I first saw it, I almost thought it was Chewbacca. And then I, you could look a little closer. You can actually see human hands, but it's, uh, I don't think it's Kylo putting it back together. And we got the shot of Poe and Finn. On whatever the desert planet we're going to is. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I noticed that was interesting there was Poe is carrying Ray's staff in this shot. Yeah, that was interesting. I kind of wonder what the significance is for that. And then, you know, Poe's standing back there looking like Indiana Jones. So, <laughs> yep. It's, it definitely and got I like that those fun. shots. Like, we actually get to see the three main characters together. In this film? Yes. Well, that was my favorite thing. we've been waiting on. When right before all of our characters are standing there in that last shot, when we see them all standing there in those plains, those grasslands, and and you get that great shot. For the first time, we get this great shot of all of our heroes Mm -hmm. together. The only only one that's missing from that shot that still bugs me is is, uh, R2-D2 is... Mm-hmm. Still nowhere yeah. to be found, but it also bugged the children. Yeah. They talked about that at some length. But <laughs> just before we pan around to see them looking at the wreckage of the Death Star, mm-hmm. we do get that great shot of our heroes together. Which, yep. that's what this movie needed. Yep, yep. This this trilogy's needed it. I mean, you know, the kind of the idea was that they were going to sort of be our new yep, yeah. hero trilogy. Well, Han, 
Han, Luke, and Leia, and we right. never got it. Like, they haven't been together at all. Right. right, and we came out of episode seven kind of thinking we would go there, and then eight took a turn and right. went a completely different way with things. And yeah, so that, on, that has really, yeah, and it's really kind of led to this kind of fragmented feel, which yeah. was probably my least favorite thing about about The Last Jedi was we had the opening story and then the middle one should have started tying right things together. And it was almost like we started over and sent everybody out again. Right. Well, Empire Strikes Back separated them too. <coughs> it, yeah. Feel. They started separated. They all ended together. Right. Well, they ended, That's true. they all ended, they, they ended start- eight together as well. That's true. But Luke was the only one split off. And that other, yeah. you know, it wasn't, we weren't following three or four different stories, different stories. We were, we were following focused two. in on, and, and so the whole thing was this fight to get back to each other. Mm-hmm. Right. What were you saying, Daniel? I was just saying we were only focusing on two stories. We were focusing on, focusing on Bespin. We were focusing on Dagobah. Right. And then episode eight was one, two, three, four, five different locations in that film. Right. Yeah, lots of different things going on. But the next shot, honestly, for all the big shots in this trailer, this for for some reasons, this is this is just my favorite is this shot of Lando back mm-hmm. in the Falcon. Yep. I have all right, so I wonder how you feel about this, because you know you know who my co pilot is, right? Yeah. So <laughs> as much as that is Chewie's seat, seeing Lando there. Chewy, you kind of want to see Naya Num next to him. Kind of, yeah. It feels weird seeing Lando there without Naya Num. Mm-hmm. Like, as I told you, one of my favorite moments, actually, my favorite moment in the Poe Dameron comic is Naya Num taking the co pilot seat next to Chewy and they give each other a little fist bump. Oh, that's like, cool. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I, I really want to see he and Lando together again in the Falcon. As much as I know that's Chewie's seat and he shouldn't give it up and we are all in agreement. I don't care. You know, Lando, I'll get my shit back one day and haul over my dead body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Falcon's Chewie's, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now, so we, we get our shot of uh, of Lando on the Falcon and then we go straight back to the desert. Mm-hmm. And More desert, because Star what, Wars is lacking in deserts. Whatever this wild Mad Max-looking scene is, yeah, with these uh, speeder bikes and skiffs fighting mm-hmm. in the desert. Yeah, I mean, I see that first shot. I mean, you can see it here, Marish. I mean, just this big explosion in the desert and all these ships coming through it. I mean, it just screams Mad Max. Those do like look like um, moisture condensers, though. These are definitely like moisture tattoo. evaporators. But you would assume that all three That's true, would have desert them. planets would be harvesting moisture. Moisture, yeah. <laughs> and even again, I mean, these rock formations, it may be Tatooine, but it screams Jetta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's pretty, I hope it's Jetta. I think the possibilities of what you could be doing on Jetta are too cool to ignore. Yeah. We do get some serious wreckage of an A-wing going down here. Um, I don't know what's up with that shot, but looking at it and realizing that the engines on the A-Wing are different color from the engines on the ship we see earlier uh, in the trailer. Those those are blue, like the Falcons. The the A-Wing has a, a red glow engine. Okay. So, But um, I don't know if this A-Wing is going down as part of this same fight, but it is just completely coming apart. Then we kind of get into the the tear jerking scenes. The first yeah. one we get what I assume is going to be Leia holding Han's Metal. Medal of Bravery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other possibilities, but I think that it, one wins I, most likely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be Luke's, but I think the most likely thing is that she's either, she's either had this or it was hidden somewhere on the Falcon. Well, and we also have to remember that, they're using scenes that were cut from Force Awakens. Yep. So in Force Awakens, that uh, you know Han had just died. I'm right. sure the scene is probably Ray 
walking up on Leia while she's mm-hmm. looking at Han's medal, thinking of Han. So right. it just that makes, especially knowing it came from Force Awakens real, originally makes the most sense. Well, and then we jump right from there to the scene of Ray and, and Leia hugging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I think it's the same scene. Yeah, that, that seems likely. So, and of course, you know, the whole thing, one of the things we talked about was the, the theme that plays throughout this trailer is Leia's theme, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I, I don't think it necessarily means anything. I think it was a, I think it was to honor Carrie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, because I'm bad about hearing Star Wars music and immediately going, what does that mean that right. that music's there? But it doesn't hasn't really worked that way previously in the tra- in the teasers, especially yeah, no. for whatever it is. I really think that it was just a tribute to Carrie that they used Leia's theme throughout this trailer. Right. Of course, then we get to the shot that we've already talked about. You know, the wreckage of the Death Star in this ocean mm-hmm. and just the enormity of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's massive. We have our heroes standing there looking out at it. And of course, we get that you know line from the Last Jedi, you know, no one's ever really gone, right? And then the last thing that anybody thought would follow that line in Palpatine's cackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we've already already talked about that. But whether you like the the title or not, or or even if you don't like the 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 fact that the Emperor is coming back, I just. I think the teaser did what it was what it was supposed to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it did really, really got people fired up. And I mean, it was such it's, a great kickoff for the people at Celebration, kind of a real kickoff for that weekend. Yeah, it's it's a good trailer, and my my favorite shot in that trailer is Lando. Yeah, in the Falcon with that laugh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Andrew's giving me the it's side a, eye for my Lando laugh here. Um, I'm not even gonna try to do it, <laughs> but no, if. You know, you can't have Han in the pilot seat. It might as well be Lando. Right. And we've all been looking forward to seeing Lando back in the saga since it was announced, along with the rest of our characters. Yeah. You know, we, of course, everybody wanted to see the big three again, but the supporting characters in this. Right. Hashtag save Lando. a lot to people, too. Yeah. You can buy a hashtag yep. save Lando shirt at our T Public page, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or. My favorite. I own numbers. My co-pilot T-shirt. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, did anybody have any other thoughts on the trailer? I've talked about the trailer a lot. Well, I think we kind of covered it. Yeah, I think we we covered it pretty thoroughly there. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit last week, and then we talked about it with the kids. I think I'm about out of things to say. I'm certainly out of new things to say. <laughs> I, I I do love the voiceover though. I do actually like. Yeah. All of the implication of the things mm-hmm. Luke says, and it really mm-hmm. is, you know, they're, they're really hitting the nail on the head with the idea that every generation has a hero. We've had basically three trilogies right. to this saga in each one. We get a new hero. Anakin, mm-hmm. Luke, now Rey, whether Rey's a Skywalker or not is a moot point. So, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I did really enjoy the, the narration. I, I did. Honestly, I liked this a lot better than the teaser for Force Awakens. We have the whenever Finn pops up and you see his head mm-hmm. peeking around like, nope. um, I, I thought this gave us a lot more to, to talk about than that first force awakens trailer. Even nothing star Wars related as far as trailers go has ever matched the chill bumps. I got when the millennium Falcon soared across the screen the first time of that force awakens. Trailer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But that wasn't the first, that wasn't the teaser. Was oh yeah. It? Oh, yeah. was it? Okay. That's the halfway point of the trailer. Okay. Where the first part the is you kind of, of get this, you get, I guess, Snoke's narration about the dark. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's, and then, and, and, and the, the light. light. And <laughs> when it does that, I mean, it kicks into high yeah, gear right, with the Star right. Wars theme. You're right. And the right. Falcon soars across the screen. And I mean, yes, that was a, that, that was, was, that was the moment when I, whenever it hit me, like, oh my God, they're actually making this freaking movie. Yep. Yeah. And, it is. It's just. It actually is a continuation of what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like it. It had the Falcon flying across the screen is when you knew yeah. it was going to have that connective tissue you wanted. This is the movie I thought I was going to see whenever they released, re-released the 
updated original series in in theaters in the 90s. Um, my sister and I went to see it, and I was just convinced we were getting the next chapter of Star Wars. Oh, you didn't know it was a re-release? No, I mean, I was like eight. How, how observant are, are eight-year-olds? Not very. So ever since the moment when I realized this is the movie I've seen already, I mean, I was still happy to see it, but still, it that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to see what happens with the rest of the story. So, you know, even if there are things that we don't love about some of the things that they've done in Star Wars in the past few years, I'm just super excited that it, it's, it's a thing again, that we get to go to the theater and see a new Star Wars movie. I mean, that's super that's super exciting. All right. Well, unless everybody, anybody's got anything they want to add, I think that's going to wrap us up. I think I'm done. All right. Uh, Daniel, you got anything on the internet that you want to share? Oh, not really. I've not been very active lately. The real world has gotten in the way. Alas. So, uh, but I am Dan C. Peeps on Twitter. Uh, that's really about the only place you can find me if I ever uh, post anything again. So, <laughs> All right, Marisha, what have you got? I'm on Instagram. I'm princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. It looks really cool. It just doesn't sound so great to say it out. And also on princessesandpadawans.com. And, you know, every year or so I write an article in the Science Fictionary. And I'm Andrew Gore. And you can find me running the Twitter account for this podcast and for the sciencefictionary.com at sci underscore fictionary. We have a Instagram account by the same name. You could reach us by email. Drop us a note. Let us know what you think of the show at Coruscant Radio Underground at gmail.com. And until next time, may the force be with you.